1: to the Rocky Road Rewind. I'm Kevin Byrne and I'm joined today by Gary Spike O'Sullivan for a look back at three fights he's been in attendance at and that live long in the memory. Welcome Spike, how are you keeping?
2: Great, Kev, yourself?
1: Not too bad. Uh, We were talking before the the podcast about how lockdown is actually suiting both of us. Tell us about uh, your lockdown story. What are you getting up to?
2: Just uh, had the one fight this year and as you know in January and then the lockdown came in March so uh, that set me up for the year and I've been able to kind of just stay at home with the kids and uh, I've been really enjoying it, it's my first time ever getting that experienced and just uh, being a full time dad and a full time cook and everything else that goes with it but a uh, stay at home dad but I uh, thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, 2020 is probably been the best year of my life right like Oh really? Yeah, I'd say it was, yeah, even though I lost the one fight I had, but uh, still I've really enjoyed it. i just got to spend so much time with the kids and get to do so much stuff that you wouldn't usually get to do on such a frequent basis. And I've uh, been going out doing a lot of walks and cycles and we got bikes during the lockdown, the whole entire family in a bike rack and putting the bikes in the back of the car and taking spins and nice parts of the county that I live in here in Cork, you know, and lovely place. I've discovered a lot of the county, actually, a lot more than I've ever done before as well. Oh, yeah. It's a lovely, lovely place to cycle and uh, explore, and it's just it's been really good. I've enjoyed it.
1: Where's your go-to in Cork now? Where, where's the place that's uh, stood out? Geez,
2: you know what? <clears throat> I bought a host area about two years ago where I actually live. Just a really short walk from where... I live, you so you're almost in the county, in the in the the wooded areas with the streams, and I like bringing my kids there. It's very very nice there, so it's a we can walk there from our house in five minutes. So uh, that's quite good.
1: Class, how's your uh, how's your homeschooling skills getting on?
2: Do you know I know it? That's the hardest bit. It's the hardest part of the whole lockdown. That's the only frustrating, but it's it's so fortunate My daughter is absolute brilliant. She's really really good. She's nine, and she's excellent at school and very intelligent and very fortunate with her and there but uh, that is the hardest and particularly this this lockdown has been harder because it's it's not um, homework as such I found maybe in the lockdown the first one there was less work to be done there was just kind of more like doing a, se- a homework session but at the moment um, it's full on homeschooling they're trying to cover every single bit of work that they do in school so mm. it, it takes several hours and the uh, it's hard to keep her, you know. It's, it's difficult for me because i know as a teacher, eh. To keep her, you know, concentrated on the work and trying to, you know, at the same thing, give her kind of lunch breaks as such. I suppose you know, it's it's tough because I my my son here as well. Eh, he's only four, so I'm trying to keep two of them entertained. and My missus is at work. It's it's it's, it's tough now at the moment. That part yeah. of it.
1: And between all that and the cooking, are you? Uh, you must. A lot of boxers are quite decent in the in the kitchen. Actually, how how are your skills there?
2: Very good. No, it's um very good cook. I cook uh, pretty much every day of the week. I do cook every day of the week, but I cook about six dinners a week. It's uh, six days a week dinners, Um, if not seven, some weeks. Uh, I'm good at that, yeah, definitely. What,
1: are, know, but uh, I, what are Spike O'Sullivan's go-to meals?
2: I'm um, good at uh, roast lamb. That no, would be good. Uh any kind of a roast. I can do a coddle, a Dublin dish, coddle. Uh, right, okay. Uh, do stews, do, do a wide variety, stir fries, uh, pretty much anything really.
1: Happy day. And how, how are you managing to keep fit amongst all this? It must be quite difficult between uh, cooking, I'm sure you're uh, throwing loads of butter in it, stuff you've denied yourself for years, but then uh, between the school and and all those walks and stuff, uh, are you fitting in the walks as part of your fitness regime or are you getting time yourself to do a bit of exercise?
2: You know what no uh i do i put a, um, a gym mat on the floor while he's doing the homeschooling and my my uncle they'd be to be copying me and uh i have a couple of dumbbells there i'd get a bit of a weight session and while still in doing the homeschooling at the same time because i say my daughter's excellent and uh i just help her along and anytime she needs a little help then i you know give her that extra bit of help that she needs and uh yesterday i was doing a two-hour session in the kitchen of a weights and Stretches, etc like a, a bit of a yoga session and, and weights. Um have a punch bag out the back as well and uh keep them out running. I'm gonna go for a run there know what happens forward seven as well. I miss this off work today, thankfully, as I was saying earlier. Very convenient for t- for the interview today.
1: Yeah, of course. And um what's your plan for a zoom and boxing? Are you just waiting on a call? Are you are you managing to stay within are you closer to one sixty or one fifty four? Where it, if you're staying ready, where are you closer to jumping in taking the opportunity? about 190
2: um, oh, and <laughs> <laughs> I stand reasonably fit. them um, I'm gonna go back at 154 that's my intention and yeah I'm waiting on a call um no way I'm quite fit but I just need to clean up the diet a bit more and uh get put in more close in distance of the fight weight you know I I'm, I'm, I'm fit I'm ready to go you uh,
1: you ready to go if you got a call for like six weeks or eight weeks or something like that
2: yeah I believe so yeah you yeah, know just a uh, matter of clean up the diet and uh, you know, more strict on the diet, and uh, but I'm I'm fitted and I think I'll be ready to go on in a couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: so it's a year now since your last fight uh, spike against Hame Mungi. Uh, it was a war, it was a brilliant fight to watch. Have you watched it back? What are your reflections on it uh, 12 months on?
2: Yeah, I did. I watched it back there a uh, couple of months ago. It was actually a very good fight, very entertaining fight. um it's a pretty vicious fight. There was a lot of heavy blows exchanged. Uh, it's an entertaining fight. I think uh, I was always popular with the Mexicans, and I think um, might be even more popular now uh, after a, kind of a war and uh, that I lost to the Mexican as well. Didn't take them out, I think I'm even more popular.
1: Almost, yeah. Almost took him out, though, didn't you? Like what? Yeah. There was a couple of. There was one or two times where you caught him flush and turned the neck back or snapped the neck back. And did you think in your? Did you? Did you think to yourself, "This, it's on here."
2: Absolutely, I thought, uh, I never lost belief that I could win the fight, even when Pascal threw in the towel in the 11th, I kicked the towel all the ring, I wanted to continue on, and I wanted to. I always felt there was some of the chance, he kept on punching me in the leg though, my leg, my hip flexor was ruined after the fight, took a couple of weeks to recover, kept on giving me low blows purposely in the right hip, um, very badly bruised afterwards, actually I had to go to my doctor in Cork when I got home, and uh, took a couple of weeks to recover from it, it was... It was a bizarre tactic, but it one that worked. Dead in my leg by the end time, the eleventh round, I more fell over than been actually knocked over.
1: Right. Did Did you at least get the consolation prize afterwards of a lifetime supply of Daxwax Because you were flashing it in the dressing room before before the fight, and it appeared on TV as I was watching it. You were flashing the Daxwax and I thought that's a man who's going to get a f- free hair product for the rest of his life.
2: You know what? They haven't contacted me yet. I didn't. I wasn't aware that it was on the TV. Maybe they weren't watching American TV. I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, there was a woman. Uh, she involved uh, Claudia. She's uh, she likes her style as well, and uh, she was asking me about the Daxfax and uh, that's why I think it came up in the restaurant. Right.
1: Uh, how far do you think Mungaya can go? He's he's quite young, and he's got a lot to learn. He's got a lot to improve on, but he's a brilliantly entertaining fighter to watch. Uh, he goes to war. He you know, he throws down. Just talk about him fighting Golovkin or, you know, one or the other, one or the other top middleweights. How, do, how far do you think he can go?
2: You know, he's an exciting fighter. He punches quite hard. He, he's one of the harder punches i fought and, um, you know, he's he's strong too. Uh, you know, he's a good fighter but I think um, he's a bit young and the, the bigger men like, say, Billy Joe Saunders, for example, or maybe Chris Eubank Jr., I think um, he could have his work cut out with them. You know, they're more equal in size to him than I am and the uh, I think uh, they could be difficult fights for him, and uh, Golovkin as well. Of course, Golovkin as well. Um, you know, so but I think um, if he gets the fights at the right time, like he done, he was impressive against Tarano Johnson. Tarano Johnson's a very good fighter, and uh, he took him out nicely with a super punch. Um, you know, I, he's obviously a good fighter and uh, I'm, I'm, it's going to be interesting I look forward to uh, seeing how he progresses
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely So we brought you on today, we're going to discuss three fights that you've been in attendance at and uh, maybe uh, fighting on the same card or whatever or, or just attending as a fan So we'll start at the top, number one a fight that you went to when you are around the same age as your daughter now who you're homeschooling and you went along enthusiastically to this fight, tell us about it
2: before we move on, actually, I do believe as well. I would have beat Mungia if we fought at one fifty four. I think uh, a couple of pounds made him make make the weight more comfortably, and I made it very easily myself, like too easily. Uh, so I think if we fought at one fifty four, I'd have beat him and become world champion. It was a shame in that regard. Anyway,
1: yeah, no, it's a pity as well. Yeah, and do you th- do you think actually, before we move on to the first of your recollected fights, do you think that you will get a world title shot at one fifty four?
2: I believe so. I believe I will though I do, I. I've, I still believe I will become world champion. And um, yeah, I, I'm. I, I'm in for that definitely.
1: Well, you'll have to do it the hard way. You'll have to just start that diet pretty soon if you're. If you're going to make it back to 154.
2: Yeah, that's it. Ah, I will. Yeah, I never, never failed to make weight my whole career. Ever, ever. So uh, I'm not going to start now. I'll make it. Yeah.
1: yeah, fair point. Well, look, we'll we'll go to the the first of the three fights we've picked out. Um. An electric, an electric fight at Porky Cueve. 25,000 people in attendance. One of the iconic Irish boxing rematches. Uh, it was controversial. It was brawling. It was brilliant. It was Steve Collins versus Chris Eubank too. Uh, you went along as a young boy. Only a short walk from your house.
2: Yeah, I walked to the fight um, with my father. It was the first professional boxing match I was ever at. I walked with my um, father, my brothers. Um, it was what kind of made me... F- Fully, completely wanted to become world champion. You know, I, I'd always watched box on TV. I loved Eubank as well, watching them on television. And um, it's great to be out in an Irishman beating them. Um you know, I just it was just a dream. Like I thought, bloody hell, I wish that was me. You know, one day. Um actually, funnily enough, I I started running a few 10k's there recently and I started at Barca Crive and I ran around. On a circuit 10k and just wound up the 10k in the back of the uh, Park of Cueve. So uh, where my career began, maybe, maybe hopefully it lend there, uh that'll be a dream. But uh, it was an unbelievable experience. Um yeah. Were, right. were,
1: you al- were you already a boxer when you went along to that fight?
2: I was, Jesus, I'd been boxing at that stage. Uh my, my father got me a pair of box gloves I'd seen when I was about two or three years of age. I started to kinda Spare my father, he was sitting at the edge of the bed and when I was five years of age. I, with I got my first gum shield at five, I joined the first boxing club at seven, so I've been boxing. I was 11 in 1995, so I was just about to embark on my own amateur career when I went to that fight. It was great time and um, a memory that will live with me forever
1: yeah so you, you were a fan of eubank and had you had you been able to watch the fight at mill street uh, six months previously in in the first bout when uh steve collins took the wbo super midway title off chris eubank oh, did you
2: I watch did. It? yeah i did indeed. Jeez, i never miss eubanks fights uh, as a big fan as i say i watched all his fights up until that point all the ones previous to that and i was cheering for eubank against the uh, collins when i was watching on the Guy against the uh, Mill Street. Um, I says was the one air probably if not the only Irishman going for you, Bank. Uh, I just loved his uh, charisma. You know, I was like I used to love wrestling as well. You know, watching wrestling. They've been this sort of reminded me of his ring walks were spectacular, and I really loved it. And I was young, of course, I was eleven. And uh, nine, so i think glad the Collins won, of course. But um, you know, I I did watch it.
1: And which wrestler would uh, Eubank have reminded you of?
2: Oh, jeez. Uh,
1: what tough one, though. No. Mr. Perfect, maybe, or someone like that. Some strutting <laughs> gobsheen. <That's> <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of lost interest in wrestling around that time as boxing became bigger as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Steve Collins, for his tactics, he, he absolutely just charged straight at Chris Eubank uh, and he went straight for the juggler. Probably shocked everybody in the stadium.
2: Yeah, I did. Did um, when I I was eleven, so I wasn't really, you know, the genius and the master of tactics of boxing. But he just, like in hindsight, looking back now, um, all these years later, he was so fit, so strong, so determined. Uh, Collins, uh, just a, an absolute machine. Um, you know, phenomenal. Um, Eubank was a great fighter, and uh, you know what Collins done to him was, um, you know. Go down. You know, what actually I don't enjoy is um, seeing social media and all these uh, sites, um, they're all Eubank, Ben, you know, there's no mention of Collins, whereas he, he beat both of them twice. And uh, I've had numerous arguments over the years with guys online about this, and uh, they'd be saying uh, oh, they, were, they, were, they were past it at the time, but they were all in around the same age. And then people refer back to say, oh, well, then. Collins hadn't fought the same level of opposition so the lads had more wear and tear both Ben and Eubank which I completely disagree with as well because you know, Collins was after having some um, really tough fights himself prior to those fights with the, with Eubank and uh, Ben he'd fought for, uh, Callum, Mike McCallum Um and yeah,
1: Reggie, Reggie Johnson, Johnson, Callum Bay, yeah, even Chris Pyatt in his world title fight. So he fought a great standard of opposition himself. Yeah, he'd been around, and S- Sammy Story as well. He'd been on the go for a long time too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I get the point. I suppose Ben maybe at the time he fought Ben the second time Ben was finished, wasn't he? But doesn't really doesn't take away from his, the fact that he's beaten both of those guys, those guys twice.
2: Yeah, I think uh, he was just more mentally tough, Do you know, that him am more determined and I just. You know, I'd say a complete kudos to him and uh, he was a better man. You know, I put it by something, he's a better man, better fighter and uh, stronger mentally and uh, physically and just just a better man.
1: So were you converted then as a fight? You went in as a Eubank fan and came out a Collins fan?
2: No, I was still a Eubank fan because I was, as I say, I was 11 years of age and I just loved Eubanks Christmas. Steve was just more, you know, he was less attractive to me. He was more wilder. One of the memories that live strong on my mind as well as his ring walk, Eubanks or Steve's ring walk was still still a you know I still remember that unbelievable oration of Ahawalia at Parkerqueave. Oh, jeez, unbelievable! And I always remember that whenever I hear that song, it it brings me back to '95. Um, I love that song and. uh, my daughter, there. Actually, she knows it as well, because I often play it, I love, love that song and uh, love thinking back to that night uh, still to this day. Actually, I went to a um, Rod Stewart concert there. Um, I suppose it was a uh, two eighty in uh, Barrie Cueve. It, it was unbelievable. It kind of brought me back to where uh, that that night in nineteen ninety five. the The atmosphere was electric, and uh, he played. Um, he sang. He sang. He sang. Grace. Oh my God brought me right back to 95 such an atmosphere I just I loved it
1: Yeah I suppose having a having a big image like that in, in your head is something that's driven you for a decade in your career the idea of getting to emulate Steve Collins and fight at parkie equive
2: Absolutely yeah. over a decade and that, I genuinely when I went out running the other night uh, for that 10 kilometer run it was just I, I set out I started at Parky equive and I know as I said I was aiming to run about 10 k, and I just set out on the run um, I had no idea I'd actually wind up back at our park We've being the 10k if, if need be I would have sort went of past the park of and jogged on until I got reached 10k but uh, just as I got the park of was just just slightly but 10.2k so it was just uh, it was I don't know It's kind of set me off thinking in my head uh, you know this is where I started to dream right, the, the dream champion.
1: began. Yeah. And would it be a massive regret in your career now if you got to the end of it without getting the fight at Parky Queve? Or how have you ever come close during your career to making it making the dream a reality? Or do you think you'll you'll ever be able to do so?
2: I think I can, yeah. Um you know, it's been done before and the, I believe I could still become world champion. So, you know, why not? Um if I became um late middleweight, junior middleweight champion in the world, um, you know there's a couple of fights out there Uh, today so
1: so you take the the, take the 154 belt in the summer and then I suppose plan for the you'd have to plan I suppose for the following summer or later in the year maybe August, September possibly
2: I think uh, actually you know my daughter was just asking me uh, what's my favourite month of the year and I think it's probably September because I think in my opinion the majority of the years the weather in Ireland is the best in September for some reason I always recall uh, being back at school after the summer and a lot of summers would have happened, the weather wouldn't have been the best. And then you're looking, sitting in your uniform out the window and the sun is shining in. So yeah, in September, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, well yeah. Collins Eubank, uh, two takes place on September the 9th, 1995. Do you remember, was it cold that night?
2: Um, I just think care? I was, I didn't yeah. care. Exactly, I was just buzzing so much, uh, you know, could have been snowing, could have been. It wouldn't have mattered, didn't I, I? I think it was a nice night, though, as I, as I recall. It was a great night,
1: yeah. Well, young guys in uh, young guys in Ireland grow up dreaming of fighting at places like Crow Park, Aviva Stadium, O2, Parky Cueve, Obviously, in England, it's Wembley Stadium, football grounds, but um, the O2 Arena as well as is a, is a flagship. You fought there on uh, the 12th of the 12th, 2015, against Chris Eubanks Jr., son of your son of your former idol. That must have been. In itself, a surreal experience. You called him out for several years as well. And uh, it, you come full circle fighting your hero's son.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I actually fought there twice. As a matter of fact, my my, my Frank Warren debut there as well against Ryan Clark for sure. knockout actually was a good, good fight for me, um, better than the Ubank one. But the Ubank fight, yeah, when I was actually in the ring, it was one of those moments, uh, if not probably the only moment, really, to be honest. Actually, I say, yeah, definitely was the only moment there uh, in my career. It really and truly seems surreal. Uh, I heard the uh, thousands of fans at the O2 in London uh, screaming "You Bank, You Bank, You Bank." You know, it was uh, it, it brought me back to me sitting on the couch with my dad when I was a, uh, ten pre pre Collins fight. You know, uh, and the crowd shouting on the TV, "You Bank, You Bank." You know, it was a, uh, it was it was one of those moments. Uh, the one probably the only moment ever, uh, in the ring, I truly heard heard the crowd and the. Uh, it was, it was truly surreal. Uh, yeah, it, it brought me back 20 odd years.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah. I remember just I, watching on a big screen from home and the atmosphere was uh, absolutely electric. And the fight the fight was pretty entertaining, pretty good as well. Did you and I, you you were pulled out of the fight after suffering a busted eardrum. Did you manage yeah. to make it back to ringside for the main event?
2: Um jeez, I didn't no no. I don't think I did not. I didn't. Yeah, she said I don't even remember who was main event in that fight, well, to be honest. Uh,
1: main event is Oh, a fight. oh fight my <laughs> god, what am <I> just <laughs>
2: trying to think But I I take it too many punches. There was there's um there's been so many fights over here as well, obviously. Gosh, no yeah, yeah. Um
1: Joshua yeah, White, the WBC Joshua. International, with the British and the Commonwealth. It's a pay-per-view. It's a big fight. Load of yeah. uh, amateur history between the two of them, and you know, I think White has hurt Joshua before. Maybe even knocked him out in the amateurs, and now uh, Joshua, the next big thing, is coming for revenge.
2: That's right. I remember I used to be chatting with Dylan White at the time because we were um, both the underdogs, and we used to chat privately on uh, social media. You know, with the fights about getting our support, support each other, et cetera, like that. Uh, yeah, it was a hostile fight that there was bad blood. Like, that was actually the name of the card, actually. In fact, uh, between myself and Newbank and White and uh, Joshua, Mr. that was, a, bad blood was the name of the card. Um, I think there was bad blood in general for those uh, fights. Uh, but uh, yeah, White rocked him again in that fight, but he, ultimately he got knocked out. It was a, it was a great occasion again. Uh, it's an amazing venue, and the crowd are brilliant. I think um, the UK fans are have to be up there uh, with the best boxing fans in the world, uh, and are very
1: vocal and uh, they love their boxing. Yeah, I always made you feel pretty welcome in the UK.
2: Did it? Do you know what? No, I actually been made made feel welcome wherever I fought. Do you know, it's it's been um, a great thing through my career uh, in America, in the UK, in, in Ireland, well of course. Uh, I've always felt uh, very welcome. Maybe not in Dublin when I fought for Charles, but uh, after the fight, <laughs> they were very, you know. <laughs> but, uh, after the fight, they were very respectful of the people up there, and I, I gained a lot of uh, support that night as well. And uh, you know, I've met numerous people that were there to fight and that night. You know, just walking through the city centre in Dublin, and they shook hands at me and you know, said so they enjoyed that night and enjoyed the occasion. And you know, I got a lot of Dublin supporters. So.
1: Yeah, um, so at the time it looked like Joshua had the world at his feet and I suppose he did, you know, he went on to win loads of world titles and he's probably got an undisputed fight later on in the year. Did you Did you think at the time that White would beat Joshua or did you think that Joshua was the real deal? Well,
2: I wasn't sure I thought that. I did, I did think uh, that Joshua would win, to be honest, cause I, but I think Dylan might proved to be better than what I thought he'd be. You know, I think he's, he's really come on and... Uh, the experience he's gained, and the, I think he's a very good fighter now. Uh, Joshua obviously became a superstar and still is. You know, although I don't think he beats Tyson Fury, but um, he's obviously a very good fighter, a very powerful man.
1: Does, does Fury stop him?
2: I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't think so initially uh, because he, of sure initial style, but yeah. his style against Wilder, uh, I think he could very well stop him. Yeah, he's a, a beast. Mm. he shocked me in that fight I couldn't believe it Uh, he bullied the bully and he absolutely dominated him and um, showed that he's got um, more skills more to his arsenal than uh, I originally thought I think uh, for me uh, a load of people disagree very strongly with me on this but uh, in my opinion he's the hardest heavyweight of all time to beat because his size 6 foot 9 he's by far not the biggest, obviously Nick Iveliov was bigger, but uh Nick Valuev was a bit of a donkey. You no know, like you know, he was he's very flat footed and cumbersome, you he was slow, he was big and strong, but Fjord is a different kettle of fish. He's a his footwork's probably faster than my own and um, his hand speed is probably faster too. He's he's a freak and what he done against Wilder, his his strength
1: um it blew me away. You know. So you're saying to put him in a fantasy fight, he stands up well against any heavyweight in history, you think?
2: Yeah, yeah. I like I'm not being biased towards him. I, I I met him a few times. He's very nice, fella, I li- I like him. But um, you know, I I just tell the truth. Like honestly, like, that's my honest opinion. I think uh, yeah, against fan- like a uh, fantasy fight like that, if we had a computer game, I think he has to be the the man to beat. Like yeah, uh, I think obviously the heavyweights uh, are in any weight division, anybody could be knocked out. But um, I think uh, going into the fight, Fury has, has to be the favorite against anybody.
1: Yeah, I suppose for for sheer size, do you think he beat like Vitali Klitschko, Lennox Lewis? You know, even even going for the giant boxers,
2: like I think so. I think his fleet footedness is uh, freakish. His footwork, like, and his his a uh, mental game as well. You know, a uh, press conference wise, I think he gets to a lot of opponents. I don't know like, Lennox Lewis is very good now as well. A uh, very intelligent man and. Uh, but I think Fiori has—he's—he's he's bigger than all of them, and he's got a great jab. You no, know, Lennox Lewis is great as well. You know, they—they'd be very interesting fights. Yeah, but uh, If you said to me, "Look, here's twenty grand," then you've got to put it on someone. And if you don't get the result right, you're getting zero. Who you, whos your money on? I'd put it on Fury against them all, Yeah.
1: Interesting, Spike. Interesting. And speaking of someone who can uh, handle themselves at a press conference, uh, we move on to fight number three now in this list uh, of fights that you've kind of being there, being ringside, or being part of um, David Hay versus Derek Chisora from July 2012. You fought, was a chief supporter, was was high up the undercard against Matthew Hall, and this fight took place at Upton Park, and a very controversial fight it was. Very controversial, Bill, totally. It
2: was a historic fight because uh, I think it was the first time uh, the British Boxing Board of Control didn't actually uh, sanction the fight. I think it was, if I recall correctly, it was an Icelandic
1: Luxembourg was it? I thought it was Luxembourg. Yeah, you
2: could be right, Kevin. Oh, I can't remember. Like, uh, took a few belts to the head that night as well myself. <laughs> it
1: was <a> good, <laughs> but,
2: fight, uh, yeah. a good fight, yeah. Uh, good fight. Yeah, it was actually. I'll never forget. It, it was a uh, July fourteenth, which actually was my birthday. But um, yeah, I think it was another uh, great occasion for me. Um, a great spectacle. Uh, I remember big Snooker fan, and the man we had done the interview together with was sitting ringside. Ronnie O'Sullivan. He was uh, there, and he was sitting next to that guy Dynamo. You know the. Uh, magician guy, okay. yeah. There was a lot of a lot of celebrities there. It was great. There was great public interest. And growing up, I always had a soft place. In my heart for uh, West Ham United. My my uncle um, he fought in the World War Two, and uh, he he helped rear me with my along with my grand and he lived with my grand and my and my my grandfather. And uh, so I liked West Ham and to fight there was a, a dream, you know. And on my birthday, just was meant to be, but uh, it was a great occasion. Uh it was, it was a great build up to the fight between. um cages or of, you know mental stuff like
1: yeah I also like being behind the scenes during fight week they had to be kept apart didn't they through uh, they put up like garden fences and wire and stuff between them to keep them back probably a lot of it was a publicity stunt but at the same time you couldn't guarantee that these fighters weren't going to attack each other pre-fight either oh absolutely
2: you couldn't sure Chesura's lunatic like uh you know, look look what happened in Germany at the Klitschko fight when they were there to watch together. The I think one of them got a belt of a bottle and everything sure, I think it was actually David. He glossed me, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mental like jeez oh, mad stuff. Um yeah like I actually kinda I got on I got on they're both kinda quite nice guys, like, you know, um but uh, yeah the, obviously they had, they had the animosity towards each other and the uh, it was good. It was good. It was good memories.
1: Who did you fancy to win uh win the fight?
2: Hey. Hey at the time I think and he did sure. He was he was very good. You know, um on the speed Cruise and stepped up like Holyfield. But he's, he was not as good as Holyfield was though. But um you know Jesora has went on to prove not to be, you know, a world champion or whatever. But um I fancied Hay and
1: Yeah, not the sort to get knocked out as he was though by Hey. Hey really did a number on him that night.
2: Yeah, speed, speed kills, as I say, I suppose, and the speed and timing. And he he was a a very, very good boxer until uh, he got the injuries and, you know, he blew up too much from whatever he was doing to get big, like, to get that size, whatever he was up to. But, uh, you know, uh, Chisora, um, yeah, I actually fought another, night. I fought Billy Joe Saunders when he fought Malik Scott as well. And um, that was another interesting... uh, Spectacle, we'll say. Malik Scott was a lunatic. I stayed in the same hotel as him. He was a madman, but uh, Chisora knocked him out actually, and he was undefeated coming into that fight. And uh, I remember having the run in actually with a uh, Chisora free fight. I was doing my press conference with Billy Joe Saunders, and Chisora was doing his with Malik Scott. And I remember uh, Chisora and uh, Malik Scott had there say to the media, and then the first question for me and Billy Joe Saunders was to myself, and before I even got the opportunity to um. Answered a question. about it then because he be backing up for Billy Joe Saunders because I think they're, they were friends, and he said something like, uh, "Well, you're not going to win with a haircut like that." Because I had a Mohican at the time, and uh, then I fucking just exchanged words. I told him like he'd been knocked out for the WBO heavyweight title or international heavyweight title against. Uh, David Hay on the same night I'd won the, that title I told him maybe not fuck out if he didn't shut up maybe not do it again <laughs> something yeah. like that you know <laughs> some mad shit like that and me, me and Chisora having a bit of a spat but uh, before I fought Eubank actually Chisora uh, came into the dressing room to wish me well and you know I think he's, he's just a bit mad like he's not the worst fella yeah
1: well it's a uh, sport full of absolutely mad characters Spike, that's for sure <laughs> Yeah. and uh, I suppose maybe uh, if you can if you can tempt uh, Oscar De La Hoya out of retirement as he's talking of maybe he's the one to bring to uh, Parky equive who knows
2: oh geez that would be unbelievable imagine that imagine that who knows stranger things have happened you know and uh, I think they'll find to fight him probably be in LA you know he's such a big following in LA and uh, you know but going by promotions I, I think that fight most likely take place probably in LA or Vegas I, I, I presume but hopefully that fight happens uh be, be unbelievable
1: it'll whet your appetite anyway get you back on those 10 kilometer runs
2: oh definitely I ain't gonna have won there no um, half as four there my buddy he runs uh, ultra marathons, so I'm just gonna he's gonna jog along with me for 10k and I think he's just gonna do 10k today anyway so yeah, right. yeah.
1: well look Spike O'Sullivan thanks so much for joining us today on the Rocky Road Rewind it's been a pleasure
2: my pleasure Kevin bye it's was good speaking to you bye